Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Queer Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Luis Cornejo, a licensed marriage and family therapist and certified sex therapist in the state of California. I'm also a model and co-owner of Psychosocial Therapy, a fully virtual practice where we provide services for queer and BIPOC folks. And I'm really excited because today we're going to be discussing the book Gender magic and what better way to talk about the book than to have the author here with us and i'm gonna go ahead and let them introduce themselves hello i am so excited to be here and be chatting with you my name is ray mcdaniel i'm a licensed therapist specializing in gender and sex therapy based out of illinois i own and run a practice called practical audacity i have about 15 to 20, give or take, clinicians who who work for me there who all specialize in the same thing. I'm also the author of Gender Magic, which I know we're going to get into a lot in this podcast, so I'll hold off for that. And I do a lot of speaking as well and education around transgender diversity and inclusion, both for mental health professionals and for the general public and businesses. Well, thank you so much for that lovely introduction, Ray. And I'm so excited that you're here. Honestly, you are like the goal for us queer sex therapists and uh, just therapists (laughs) in general. I've seen your work. I saw your book and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so needed. Uh, And especially for, I think, uh, myself coming into the sex therapy field and finding it really, really hard to find resources that are literally uh, up to date, uh, accessible and also give a really great overview. And so this book to me was something that I have actually shared with many clients uh, I use in my work. And so I I really find it very inspiring. And so I just want to say thank you for taking time. I know you're very busy. You do so much. And uh, yeah, welcome. And and I I guess we can get started. And and I wanted to ask, um, you you know, just for those folks out there who maybe are hearing about the book for the first time or who have maybe heard of it but haven't really uh, looked into it, what is this book about? Sure. So Gender Magic is a practical guide to achieving gender freedom. It's for obviously trans and non-binary folks and folks who are exploring gender, but it's also for cisgender folks, for allies, for anybody who wants to have a, a new understanding and some language and tools and new way to think about gender that, you know, like you were saying, as a therapist and as a non-binary person myself, I was looking for resources. And I wasn't seeing the resources that I specifically wanted. There are a lot of wonderful books and resources out there, but there wasn't one that I was finding that really focused on not the suffering and all the Mm -hmm. hard things about Mm -hmm. exploring gender, but on the joy and the possibility and the pleasure that can happen as we discover more about who Mm -hmm. we are, not pushing the hard stuff under the rug. We can't ignore that, of course. Yeah. But I wanted to to talk about the other side of the coin. Um, and yeah. I wasn't finding it. So I wrote the book myself. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And so many thoughts that came up right now. The first one you mentioned also uh, cisgender folks can benefit from this book. And I think that is very perfectly said because even uh, as I was reading the book, I know that the beginning chapters are pretty much an intro, right? For folks who may also not 
have a mm-hmm. lot of knowledge or uh, definitions around gender, sexuality, gender presentation, all of these different terms, right, that we hear all the time. And so uh, I think that that is wonderful. And it definitely uh, is, is important to highlight, right, that everyone can benefit from reading this book and the knowledge that's within it. Uh, the other thing that you shared that really stood out to me was uh, the lack of access, right, to a lot of these resources and uh, having to write the book yourself. What, what was that process like for you? I mean, you, you, I'm imagining you were probably thinking like, okay, this is needed. It's not out there. How, how did it come about? Oh, it was a long process. So to take you back to the the X-Men origin story of the book, <laughs> years ago, I had been working a lot with trans folks for several years. And so I started to see patterns. And I mm-hmm. started to get curious about not only ways to better support my clients and also mm-hmm. myself as I went through a, a gender journey, um, but also what the research was saying and what the possibilities mm-hmm. were to not only reflect the joy and pleasure that I was seeing in my clients, but to also help people get to that faster. And so I developed a model called the gender freedom model, which Mm. is the basis and the backbone of gender magic, the book. And it Mm -hmm. took people through a process of looking at play, pleasure, and possibility as the Mm. pillars of ways that we can start thinking about and playing with gender that's based in research that will Mm. help us get to that place of self-efficacy and and self-love and authenticity a little easier and a little faster. So I had Mm. developed that and I was working with clients and I ran a coaching program for a little bit, working with folks in that model as well. And then I had some interest coming my way in um, from an agent who who wanted mm. to represent me. And I did not think that I was there yet okay. um, in my career. I'd always wanted to write a book. I was the kid who came home on the first day of kindergarten pissed off because they didn't teach me mm. how to read that day. My mom told me they would teach me how to read in school. And I was, <laughs> you know, I was lied to, clearly. Um so books and wanting to write a book was always a part of what I wanted to do, but I definitely thought it was a five or 10 year goal that turned into a three year goal. Mm. Wow. Um, luckily, I had some really incredible people in my corner, especially in a business community that I was a part of, who really encouraged me to not take the first offer that, that mm. I was given for an agent. And so I spent six months working with a, a book proposal coach, which is so helpful, to develop a book proposal that we then shopped around to several agents. I ended up getting one that I absolutely love, who mm. introduced me to my editor, who I also absolutely love. And everybody in that process was such a champion of gender magic all the way through especially as somebody, you know, I'm not internet famous over here. Like I have a very modest amount of followers online. So it was it was really them taking a leap of faith on mm-hmm. on me and really believing in my work. Um, so I'm excited to get that out to the world now that the the book baby has been born. 
Yes, yes, I'm sure that it, it probably feels like a culmination of so many different emotions. And thank you for sharing the background. I think a lot of times uh, folks who are thinking about writing a book or sharing stories often struggle right, with that idea as well, that it may not be a possibility or it's something that's going to take 10 years. And uh, here you are sharing this really inspiring story. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, it, it's important to remember that it, it, it's community right and also the people that you surround yourself with uh, that make a big difference and so i'm glad that you found someone that really believed in this book but also that allowed you to share this information you know with folks that need to to, to have it uh, and have access to it uh you know in the book at the beginning you do share a story specifically around gender and i think there, there was a story uh you were sharing was around how you would look up at the stars and kind of see like the milky way and how mm -hmm. the galaxy you you know, or it just felt so huge, right? This this concept, and you you uh, uh, attributed that to also the concept of gender. Can you share a little bit more uh, detail around how that kind of came about and, and your thoughts around it now? Yeah. So speaking of things that have always resonated with me, like books, the stars and the cosmos have always been a place ever since I was a little kid that looking up at them, it really helped me feel very grounded. And I grew up in rural Louisiana and as a latently mm -hmm. queer kid, as you can imagine, there is some stuff there. And my yeah. grandfather w worked on a ranch in West Texas. So I'd go out there when I was a kid and I'd spend a lot of time just at the barn mm -hmm. looking up the Milky Way. There was very little light pollution. So I could really see yeah. the stars. And I'm, I'm sure that listeners have felt this experience, or I hope that you have, of looking at something bigger than you, whether it's mm. the stars, whether it's an ocean, whether it's a giant mm. mountain or a beautiful piece of art, and feeling both very, very small and yet very mm. connected to mm. a broader story. Yeah. And we name that as awe. And I was curious about how can we bring this feeling of awe into the discussion of gender? Because I see the things as, well, I see cosmos and the stars mm -hmm. and how we think about that as very aligned with how we mm -hmm. could think about gender, which is mm. this. We yeah. do not understand even a tiny, tiny, tiny portion of what there is to understand about space, about the stars, mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. galaxies and the universe. But that does not make us afraid in most cases, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That makes us curious. That makes us sit on a fence in a West Texas ranch and yeah. feel small, and but feel connected. And I don't yeah. have to have all the answers in that moment to or I don't have to know all the things about the universe yeah. in order to feel connected to that. Mm -hmm. And in order to be curious and joyful yeah. and feel the possibility of it. So I was so curious in gender magic about ways we could bring that idea in of how can yeah. we think about gender and experience gender in a way that not having all the answers doesn't stress us out. It mm -hmm. makes us curious. It makes us feel mm. awe. It makes us feel more connected to a bigger thing. 
Wow. Wow. You know, and, and I really resonated with that first part because I've definitely felt that way when I'm standing by the ocean, you know, being born and raised here in California and having uh, close access mm -hmm. to the beach. I remember that was one of my favorite things to do was to go to the beach, sit there, especially at night and just watch the ocean and feel so small, like you said, but also connected. Um, it's such a powerful experience. And, and I'm so glad that you started the book with with that story, because I think it 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 really does help folks feel connected in that way right that yes it may it may be this this feeling of almost like fear but also excitement to know right that we're not alone that we're a small part of existence and uh it, it, i think it takes a lot of that responsibility and heaviness right that a lot of times we carry uh to also feel lighter in a way and so i love that story and, and for me it was thinking about the ocean and um you know really really gravitating towards uh the the following information right where you shared that with gender, it's very similar, that it is it, limitless, right? I, 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 without, you know, mm -hmm. all these possibilities. And I thought that was a very beautiful way of approaching it. Um, you know, and you do share as well, almost a disclosure on how even though you're sharing research and you've done research that it just, it still does not take away from trans and non-binary folks uh, being, uh, you know, validated that, that it, the research or whatever, even if it's formal, that we still validate trans and non-binary folks. Uh, and, and I think that's really important as well, right? Because we do live in a society mm. where we need research, right? We need proof, we need to, to know. And we don't trust people, right? We don't trust people and how they're feeling. We don't trust people and their existence and what they're sharing. It's often questioned. I mean, even in the mental health field, right? There, there's so much mm -hmm. stigma and shame that's still embedded when it comes to working with trans and non-binary folks. Uh, and so I think that this is also a good reminder that even though you did the work, you put in the research, you're sharing it with all of us, that even without it, we need to validate and honor our trans and non-binary family. Absolutely. And this is another way that I think gender really parallels research and our understanding of space. You know, I also share in Gender Magic the story of, of Galileo and Galileo mm -hmm. having this new technology called a telescope that he was able to, to see and do some calculations in the universe that we weren't able to do before mm -hmm. about the fact that the Earth um, rotates around the sun and not vice versa. But Galileo wasn't the first person to say that. C Copernicus mm -hmm. was like way earlier, but he did not have the technology that we needed to be mm -hmm. able to prove what he, need to, he knew to be true. Yeah. And I think we're in a very similar place with gender where the more that we discover in science, the more we're leaning into wow, human bodies are diverse. Imagine that. Um, just like nature, we're really diverse. Oh, who knew? Um, but we don't have all the, the science that we need to get to the place where we are today, where yeah. it's an undeniable fact that the earth yeah. rotates around the sun. And that was such a perfect story to include because when I was reading it, I was like, oh my gosh, shit. I do remember he reading about this and hearing this and the pushback. And we see it now, right? Politically, I mean, religious mm -hmm. pushback when it comes to talking about gender and sexuality and gender presentation. I mean, all of these terms, right? People often accusing, uh, you know, folks of being too liberal or woke or, or trying to, you know, uh, indoctrinate everyone. And, and the reality is that... It, when I read this, my thought is really more around this is offering a different perspective, right? It's offering the reality mm -hmm. that maybe we're more complex 
than a binary system of this or that or male and female, uh, which makes so much sense to me, right? When we think about biodiversity and other animals and other species, uh, and yet it's challenged constantly. And, you know, one of the things that keeps coming back to me that you shared even at the beginning, and, and I did notice as soon as I even, I mean, it's in the title, right? At the cover of the book, uh, it says, live shamelessly, <laughs> reclaim your joy and step into your most authentic self. And you mentioned uh, when we first started that there was this movement for you to not just focus on the sob and the sad and the, the you know the tragedy that people try to put on so many of us as queer folks, uh, but really focusing on the joy and reclaiming and empowerment. Uh, can you tell me about that? What, what was uh, how was that process for you when you were thinking about like how do I put joy in this without it being so technical or or feeling like I need to. Um, you know, not include the fact that, yeah, of course, we're all very aware of the struggles and what's going on politically and in the world. And yet we need joy, right? We need hope too. Yeah, it, you know, it was a really interesting process. So kind of taking you back to that X-Men origin story, the focus on joy and pleasure came from a couple of places. It came mm -hmm. from, well, a few places, I should say. It came from watching my clients grow and watching them discovering more about themselves mm -hmm. and watching them experience joy and pleasure and the the amazingness of really being authentically themselves in the world mm -hmm. for the first time and all the good things that mm -hmm. came with that. And I wasn't seeing that reflected in the literature or really in media. Um, mm -hmm. I looked at my own experience as a non-binary person, which I'm I'm very privileged that I didn't have extremely strong body dysphoria. But what mm -hmm. that meant is that I spent a lot of my kind of early questioning around gender feeling like I was a fake because mm. we've created the system where we need or we say that we need to hate ourselves in order to be ourselves, which mm. is, when you think about it, absurd. Uh, so those two things, and then also research on positive psychology, on what does it mm -hmm. look like to thrive, on joy, on the importance of pleasure and how pleasure can connect us back to our bodies, yeah. which is so important, especially for trans folks who do often feel disconnected from their body. Yeah. That is yeah. that is a way in. That is our compass. Mm -hmm. um, but when I was writing the book, my, my editor kept coming back to me and be like, I think your readers know it's hard. We could maybe not talk about it as much because I kept mm -hmm. trying to be like joy and also it's hard and joy yeah. and also it's hard. Yeah. So there's this balance that I think I came to in the book that feels really good to me now. Um, but at at the time, I was I was concerned that people were going to feel like I was pushing out toxic positivity or trying to push the hard stuff under the rug, which I say very explicitly in gender magic is not the case and not what I'm trying to do. Um, but I really did want to bring out this how we can think about and narrate gender exploration and transition that doesn't center on suffering that doesn't mm. make an assumption that suffering has to be at the very very core of this exploration because mm. um, mm. i don't think that that is going to get us where we want to go 
And that's so powerful, you know, and I'm imagining that it's it's a hard act to kind of juggle around, right? Really being balanced, acknowledging, obviously, that this is a reality. It is. There is pain. It, there is hardship. And also there is joy, right? And there's pleasure and there is fulfillment. Um, and so I, I, I think that that definitely would be something many of us often uh, struggle with, right? Is thinking like, okay, like how do I hold this and hold this? And the reality is that multiple things can exist at the same time that we can, yes, acknowledge the hardship exactly. and also know that there is room for joy and pleasure. Um, you know, so wow, that, that, that's, uh, that's interesting how that came about. And I'm imagining getting a lot of feedback too on the book and like the, 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 the focus mm -hmm. on it was probably helpful in, in, in gravitating towards, you know, really, uh, the message, right. And, and, and speaking of, of message, um, when now, I mean, well, this book is out in the world now, what has been the response in terms of both support, but also opposition i mean what have you come across as you you know put this out there shared this with the world and uh folks have read it now uh, it's been really special to be honest <laughs> because you know it exists in your head for so long and you're so in the weeds of writing a book you know the whole process from i started writing the proposal till the book came out was two and a half years so it was mm -hmm. a long time of sitting with these these ideas and playing with these ideas and now that it's out in the world, it's very, very special to have people engaging with the mm -hmm. ideas in a different way. And I've been, you know, I am sure at some point, someone will have something critical to say about it, but it's mm -hmm. been out for about, um, let's see, two months now. Mm -hmm. And the response has been largely incredibly positive. So Beautiful. I've had, you know, people writing nice things online. So, you know, Listeners, if you read it, those reviews are super helpful. Um, I've had people messaging me privately to tell me how much it has meant to them, both yeah. trans folks and loved ones of mm -hmm. trans folks who are saying, hey, I understand my loved one's experience so mm -hmm. much better now. Or I have a trans child and you're giving me the tools that I need to be able to support my trans child. Uh, mm -hmm. Trans folks coming to me and saying, I either, I'm so glad that I came across this book now and here are the things that resonated with me, or I read this book with tears in my eyes because I wish I would have had it five oh. years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, so it has... Honestly, every time I get one of those messages, it is just this gut punch in a good way of, mm -hmm. wow, like, that's why I wrote this book. Um, yeah. And it pushes me more and more to to talk about it more and to get it into as many hands as possible, because mm -hmm. I'm already seeing the impact that it's having. And that is, yeah. that's helpful as someone who's trying to to push a book out and, and to ultimately sell a, a book because it's not about me at all. It's yeah. about the message and getting it out there again to as many people as possible. But I'm yeah. also excited because I know, and I said this in the, the intro to the book, this is the beginning of a conversation a, mm -hmm. and a beginning of a conversation that is built on a very rich legacy of other conversations. Yeah. And I'm excited to see how people build on gender magic 
and and what sort of impact that has in our narrative and and ways I'm you know I'm sure some of the stuff I say in five or ten years is going to be outdated yeah. and so what is yeah. the next iteration going to be and yeah. being a part of that conversation is very exciting to me. Yeah, you know, and that's so special uh, what you shared around getting messages and folks who are really connecting and and really needing this and also using this resource right as a way to connect with their loved ones. Uh, but also the other part, right, of how you just shared that this is a, a the beginning, right? It's it's opening up dialogue and conversation, and I, I my hope is that folks will also build on it, right, and create more and more and more that really gives us more resources, more knowledge. Uh, and, and continues to grow from there, right? I, I think that this is definitely a really wonderful introduction into talking about gender and really moving away from uh, the more clinical, but but aligning into the joy, right, and pleasure. Now, in terms of the book, because it is called Gender Magic, what, what how did you come up with the title? What was the inspiration? Um, you know, I, the podcast is called Queer Magic, so I, I definitely love the idea that we're magical. You know, that we we are. Uh, very uh, um, in tune with the universe in a lot of different ways. And so I'm curious for you, what inspired the title Gender Magic? Well, when I originally pitched the book, it was under a different title. It was under the title of the introduction, which is Transition Isn't the Point, which is speaking mm -hmm. to that idea that it's not transition period. We're talking about transitioning to the most authentic mm -hmm. version of ourselves. But as we started playing with the book, we're like, oh, it's not quite catchy enough. So um, we went back to the drawing board. And I, I talk about in Gender Magic this thing that I, I picked up. I, I honestly don't know where I picked it up, but it was a few years ago, where I started signing things to, to friends, P.S. Mm. I think you're magic. And mm. what that meant to me was that I had this resonance with somebody. And as I thought about it, it was usually the people that I could tell that had like a presence to them, that they were mm -hmm. authentically themselves in the world, um, or like striving towards that. And it, it they felt aligned, right? They felt present, mm. they felt like they were doing things that they were passionate about, they were themselves, there was just this kind of magical air yeah. to them. Yeah. And I realized that Number one is the type of relationships that I want, but also the type of people that I want to surround myself with and what I want to create for my clients and my audience and the people that I work with, which is to feel like they are magic, mm -hmm. that they are alive, that they have a presence, that they are are passionate about what they're doing and that they get to walk around in the world as themselves yeah. and also thinking about the ripples of magic that sends out because people like that they impact others just by existing right yeah and so that's where the the title came from um, and I, I love the title of this podcast. I, I saw the title. I'm like, oh, well, this is perfect. <laughs> right. I felt the same way. When I first saw the book, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so special. Because I, I think for me, very similarly, <laughs> when I think of magic and especially in our communities, I really think about 
all of the creativity, all of the self-expression, all of the beauty, all of these things that are often not uh, not uh, highlighted, right? Like you mentioned before, oftentimes a lot of the focus is not on the beautiful aspects of us, but really around like these questions and, and um, just very... Ugh, uh, I, I don't even know how to describe it, but for me, when I thought about queer magic, it was very similar. I kept thinking about how there was so much more to us than this debate of whether we ex- we you know exist or not and and I'm like sitting here like you know what like no <laughs> there is so much we offer and I honestly I think for me the inspiration was thinking about all of those voices and folks that never got an opportunity to really share their magic because of these systems that we live in and because mm-hmm. of these narratives and uh, a lot of this uh you know, response to to queer folks. And so for me, it was like, let's let's talk about the magic. And so I'm so glad that you mentioned that and that you're sharing with us the 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 energy behind the title, because for me, it was like the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, my gosh, yay, gender magic. I love that. I love how that just rolls off the tongue. Right. Like this idea that there's so much magic, Mm -hmm. so much more to us. with the title and then you got the book out and everything uh how uh would you say you personally show up in the book in terms of you know aside from the research aside from the intro story how much would you say goes into this book from your own personal experience uh, your own story such a juicy question a lot <laughs> i share a lot about my personal life my feelings my sex life i'm like wow mm, people mm, know mm. a lot about me that they didn't before like my my biological father can read about my sex life cool um (laughs) i don't think he will but (laughs) um it's out there for everybody and you know you you do mental health work and so it's always this interesting conversation in the mental health field of how much do i as a therapist share Mm -hmm. about myself and what i came to and you know has long been how i've conducted myself in this field is that when I am not in the therapy room, I am a whole person on mm-hmm. the internet. And mm-hmm. I share things that I feel comfortable sharing that are vulnerable. I always work on the principle of therapeutic and not therapy. So I'm not going to be mm-hmm. sharing things that are so raw that it's activating to me mm-hmm. or that I, I haven't had an opportunity to to think about it and work through and make some meaning out of. But I do share things that are vulnerable. And then when mm-hmm. I'm in the therapy room or with a, when I'm with a, a coaching client, I I don't, you know, it's about them. And yeah. so I'm not going to be yeah. sharing stories about my life. But if they want to know who I am, they can find that out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, I thought that I would feel more of a, a vulnerability hangover and honestly, I haven't, which is kind of an interesting yeah. thing. Maybe I got all of that out of my system as I was writing the book and submitting it to the editor. But I share about, I share a lot that I've never shared before publicly about mm-hmm. my relationship with my family, um, mm-hmm. my very homophobic family. Mm-hmm. Um, I share a lot about my experience with a pelvic pain disorder when I was younger. Uh, I share about even a, a breakup that I was going through as I was writing the book. It's like two sentences, but still, it's in there. Um, you know, and it it felt good. Uh, it, it felt good to be able to share those sorts of vulnerable things with 
my audience. Again, not because it's about me, but because they're things that I think will resonate with people, things that illustrate a point, things that things that make people feel a little bit less alone. And that felt really important to me because I was also a little limited in what I could share around client stories. And I, I you know, there's a caveat in the book about how I did that. Um, but I ended up sharing a lot about my own life so that I, I wouldn't need to share as much about uh, private client information. At this point, when we are recording this podcast, I have not had any family members who I think have finished it. And I'm, I don't know, I'm a little nervous about asking. There's only a few of them who will read it anyway, but none of them have given me feedback. So I'm like, I don't know if you've read it and you're like, I'm not talking about this or if they haven't read it yet. So we will see how that goes when they do. I did have somebody, and this was actually really sweet, is I, I had somebody that I went to elementary school with, so like kindergarten through sixth grade, who we haven't talked since then, who hit me up on Facebook and was like, I read this book and I read, you know, the story about a dinosaur having an orgasm and it was the craziest thing that I've ever heard or the wildest thing I've ever heard. And like, wow. I never, never thought I would be having this conversation with you, my friend. Um, but here we are. So, Ray, uh, one of my final questions is just about folks who are listening in right now or who are reading the book and they're really connecting with this and they're at the beginning of their journey. Is there any advice or any supportive message that you want to share with them? Absolutely. So the number one thing I think is just that you aren't alone, which might feel trite, but but isn't, you know, again, I grew up in rural Louisiana, I know what it's like to feel like an outsider, and like you don't have the support that you need. And there is a world of people out there who will love you and accept you and celebrate you for who you are, I guarantee you that. And for anybody else listening, who's not specifically on a gender journey, but your your ears and your heart are a little piqued by the message today, I just want to invite you in to, to help create the vision of a world and create the reality of a world where everyone has the ability to authentically walk around the world as themselves, free from fear and free from shame. Because I really think that that's when the magic happens. That's when our world starts to change for the better. And so I invite you to, to join me in that mission. And that's such a beautiful message. Thank you so much. I hope the listeners out there find inspiration, not just in your words, but also in the book and, and realize that this is a, a journey, right? It's not a goal that we check off. It's something that takes time. It's something that takes a lot of patience and love and surrounding ourselves with community uh, and finding these resources. And thank you to you for providing us with a really great resource. Uh, now, before we end, is there anything that you'd like to share with our listeners around resources and how to connect with you, how to get the book, website, social media, anything like that? Absolutely. So you can get Gender Magic anywhere books are sold. You can also check it out and check out some resources on gendermagic.com. Instagram is a big hub for me. So you can find me at Instagram at the Ray McDaniel. That's Ray, R-A-E. And you can find my, my website and more information about me at ray-mcdaniel.com. 
Thank you so much for sharing uh, that info and folks. So I'm going to be putting this in the description box so you don't have to keep going back to hear the spelling. I'll have everything set up for you. Uh, make sure you follow Ray uh, and make sure that you check out the book. And thank you so much for tuning in again. And until next time. Mm -hmm.